I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. It's, it's getting deeper. This, this here is the c- coldest part of the Yukon I've ever been in here. It's a terrible snowstorm. Yeah, it certainly is. George Jingleberry's. Yeah, I don't know. You're crossing this here ice field like this. There ain't no trees or nothing to slow down that darn wind. Darn wind. Sure is cold up here, I tell you. Straight out of you, here. You're getting a cold yourself, I believe, there. No, I, just a little post nasal drip. Yeah. Oh, gee. Hey, what, what's that? Don't applaud. That ain't Some, applause. What's that flying through there? It's, it's flying, flying through the, flying through the snowstorm. It, it was a penguin. A penguin? I swear, it must be flying south for the winter, I guess. How do you like that? Hmm. See a lot of strange sights up here. Well, if we're gonna find open water, Sam, yeah. we better get this here damn ding, ding, dang, dong sled moving again. Yeah. Yes, you hear that? Yeah, I guess oh, we better oh. get the dog. <laughs> I think you're right. We gotta get a new set of sleds one of these days. It's not fair us having to be down here. We ought to be back up on a sled. Yeah, I agree with you. Hey everybody, Jason Klom, Comedy on Vinyl. That's not a surprise to you. You subscribed or downloaded actively, so you know who I am and what this is. You probably didn't know how to pronounce my last name. That's fair. I know, I have friends who don't know how to do it. But um, this episode is kind of special. It's another of the family album series, um, but it's different in that for the first time we are covering um, these two artists who made two albums that were not technically professionals. In today's world, they would be. They would be allowed to consider themselves professionals, but what they did in the 60s was vanity presses. So they paid for their own. Uh, We go into the details of of, uh, which of them, you know, paid for it and had more of the ideas behind it. Uh, But uh, their names are Lawrence T. Dawson Jr. and Lemuel D. Harrell. They, uh, so I, the, the story starts I, where I, I went to Record Surplus here in Los Angeles, which is my favorite record shop. Um, I do recommend it highly. I love Atomic Records here in Burbank, but there's a bigger selection at Record Surplus. And uh, they also have the quote unquote attic where you can get stuff sometimes for a dollar fifty cents. Uh, not a dollar and fifty cents, but a dollar or fifty cents. That was a comma in there. And um, I, I like to get a lot, a lot of records there. And I picked up something in the comedy section labeled. Mr. Silver Spitz Dawson, and it's a dog in a suit. It's like a modern day, like something you might find on a meme. It's uh, it's a Spitz, a dog in a suit, and uh, is he holding a cigar? He might be holding a cigar. He's he's got a cigar in some of the other photos, um, but it's 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 a it's a photoshopped, you know, uh, an actual photoshopped thing from the time, and I had to know what the hell this was, and didn't realize until later that this album and the album that follows it, which I've also since listened to. Um, which is called Think Fuzzy. Uh, both these albums are vanity presses, but they're in the Enjoy the Experience uh, book, which is highly recommended if you're interested in stuff that's vanity and private presses. Um, vanity presses is one of those terms that's an awful lot like novelty to me. Um, it is done a lot of times by amateurs, um, but if you sell a few, 
you've made money doing your thing. So you're a professional. So you're not getting it through a label, whatever. So these guys are doing it in the 60s when today they do it on the internet if they want it. And um, uh, Lawrence is still with us. Uh, Lemuel D. Harrell or Lem is not still with us, but I had the opportunity to speak with his wife, Belle. Everybody was kind enough to speak with me. And uh, I don't know, it was just, it was a lot of fun speaking to these folks about these albums that did mean something to them. And I, I don't want to give too much of it up, but long story short, there's some things in there. If you know anything about me and my own comedy and my own history and things that have happened in this last year, there are a few things in there that kind of affected me in a very positive way. And uh, there's there's a, like a minor postscript that I want to add to the end of this, because uh, that's how a postscript goes at the end. Um, but I'd like you to listen to the two interviews, and then I'll just tack that onto the end. And if you're interested, keep listening. Um, that's enough for me, but I do hope you enjoy listening to these quote unquote amateurs, um, who, uh, you know, I consider, uh, you know, fellow professionals who are just busting their butts. Um, and this out, al- I mean, these albums are now 50 plus years old. You can find them pretty easily on eBay. Um, you know, you, you can fully expect these, uh, you know, they're not going to be, they, they weren't life changing comedy records at the time, but that's not really the point. We're talking about two guys who wanted to make some stuff, made it release it themselves and that's 100% the ethos of of most artists that you're probably a fan of today unless they're giant you know platinum selling artists so here it is another episode of family albums this is Lemuel D. Harrell and Lawrence T. Dawson Jr. creators of Mr. Silver Spitz Dawson Hi everybody, Jason Klom with the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. This week we have uh, a special episode uh, live on the phone with me is Lawrence T. Dawson Jr. Uh, he's in Virginia, and the reason I'm speaking with him this week is I discovered um, an album he did with his friend, uh, Mr. Harrell, and we'll talk about that a little bit in, in detail. Uh, and then I actually have their second album, and uh, they're both independently pressed in the 60s. And uh, Mr. Dawson, thank you so much for talking with me today. Oh, you're welcome, huh? So what, uh, okay, so I found one of these albums in one of my favorite shops here in Los Angeles, and I will admit it was the cover with a dog's... <laughs> A dog's face on a person's body that made me think, "What in the heck did I just find?" So I'm, I, I want to know what got you and and your friends started. Well, we uh, used to, I used to go to his house. He had a tape recorder then, and uh, we just started making those uh, various uh, programs, and we decided to put one on record to see how it would sell, and uh, it did all right. And his name, I apologize, I didn't say his name, Lemuel D. Harrell. Lemuel D. Harrell, yeah. Yes, sir. And how, how did you know each other? Well, we met uh, in school. We used to go to the same school mm-hmm. in Madison Heights, Virginia. So is this going back to uh, high school or elementary school? Uh, this was in high school, I believe. And so you were you, you two would just goof around, and one of you, I'm assuming one of the two of you owned, uh, what kind of, uh, what, actually, what, what kind of equipment did you use to record this? Well, he had a wire recorder, and I don't know if you even remember what a wire recorder is. I've anymore. seen them. I've never gotten to use one. I've wanted yeah. to record on one for a long time. Yeah, and then we got a tape recorder later on. Mm-hmm. And we did the our records from that, from the tape recorder, and had them put onto the records. I don't even remember myself how he did it exactly. <laughs> I think he didn't had put it on the records. Had it put on the records. Mm-hmm. 
But that's so long ago, even I don't remember anymore. <laughs> so this, I mean, the first album, you re- at least you released it, I think, in 1964. So how old would you yeah. have been then? In 64, I would have been, uh, well, I was born in 32. What would that be? Okay, so you would have been 32 when you did it. Were you doing it before uh, then? Oh, uh, yeah, we did a lot of it before then. Mm-hmm. This is the only one we put on a record. Mm-hmm. And so... Right. Uh, one of the, I, I think we did two all together. But, uh, you did two. Well, I've, I've got them both right here. Um, yeah. yeah. What's interesting, so uh, to give people uh, kind of a taste of what it is, I'll just kind of explain. It's the two of you doing let's, uh, just the silliest voices on the planet and just uh, <laughs> entertaining each other for about 30 minutes, which I think is great. Yeah, that's, that's about what it amounted to, yeah. <laughs> did either of you do theater or anything like this as kids, or is this just like, I'm just... I, oh no no no! We never did anything. No, <laughs> we never did anything on stage or anything like that. This, this is strictly at home mm-hmm. for fun, uh, and uh, we never even thought of even selling anything. But Lim did. Uh huh. He wanted to try. It. I said, "Well, we can try, Lim. I don't think anybody's going to buy it, but <laughs> we did fairly well. Yeah, we didn't become millionaires or anything, but right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more than paid for itself." Oh, that's good. That's wonderful. I mean, especially with something that it, that they, you know that they usually call a vanity press, something that you put out yourself. Uh, yeah. so you created your own label, Dog Bite Records. Right, right. So, well, then now I'm curious. So, obviously, it's it's just the two of you messing around, and and I I say just. That's not to diminish it. I I think it's fun to listen to to two friends just enjoying each other's company and making each other laugh. I mean, that's the funniest thing. Is it? Uh, if people nowadays, I, the best thing to compare this to is if you listen to a podcast of two people who are just improvising together and just can't stop laughing. That's that's what this yeah. is. This that's what this is on two records. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We ad-libbed everything. I don't remember whether we ever put it down in the paper when we did it with records or not. That's so long ago I don't even remember. But mainly everything started out, we just ad-libbed as we went along. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember whether we made it into a script when we did the record or not. I, that's been so long ago, I honestly don't remember. Yeah, well, there's what's so funny is there's, there's so many notes on the back of these that say, you know, that... Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it mentions a script, but that the script might have been made after the two of you ad-libbed it, just so you could copyright all the words, which, yeah, yeah. you know, that's smart. Yeah, we, we, we made that just to copyright it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, okay, so let's, and, th- and through both of these albums, the one recurring character, or one recurring actor is Mr. Silver Spitz Dawson. Do you want to explain yeah, who that real, is? <laughs> he was a real dog. Uh-huh. I don't think he actually talked, but <laughs> he, he tried to from time to time, <laughs> and uh, that was Silver. He was an ornery cuss. Uh, he was mean as the devil. Uh-huh. He loved to fight. He and Mickey, that was a dog that belonged to him, they would go out and fight other dogs, and then they'd come back and start fighting among themselves, <laughs> just more or less for fun, I think. And was they didn't it, mean to hurt each other. <laughs> was now was this your dog or your friend or Mister Harold's dog? Uh, well, Silver was my dog. Where did the idea come from? Deciding to do a voice and saying that it was your dog doing the voice. This is what I'm curious about. Well, we did that on for years, just on tape, just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And Silver was always the hero or the villain or whatever <laughs> you want to call him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did the voice of Silver on the records. Yeah. 
because he demanded too much money to do it himself. <laughs> so that's uh, the way that that began. Now uh, I'm getting I'm getting the impression that uh, Mr. Now is is Mr. Harrell still with us or no? No, uh, he died uh, four, uh, five or six years ago. He died some time ago. Okay, I I, I, I can't. I can't give you the exact date because I don't even remember it myself. It was a, it was a, you know, a bad thing. Of course, of course, and I'm, when I'm your best friend dies. Of yeah. course, no, that's I'm 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 very sorry about that. Uh, oh yeah. Um, but, I, I like though that uh, we. It, it's kind of nice that we've got two records here that uh, even even if they weren't anything else are are these nice two little timestamps of these two people's friendship, which I love that these both exist. Oh. And that both your pictures are together on the second album, actually, the two of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of the two of you is wearing glasses? That'll tell me which one you are. Well, I'm wearing them now, but then <laughs> just Lim wore glasses. That was Lim. Okay, so the all right. Yeah. So now I know he who was, is uh, who. Yeah, the skinny, skinny-looking guy. Oh, these are great. Uh, but, I love very much uh, listening to to you two enjoying each other's company. But I'm I'm curious, did of the two of you, was he the one who was kind of taking taking everything and running with it? So you two would record it, and and he would just say, okay, we're gonna put out a record. I'm gonna was he the one paying for? I'm just curious about the technical stuff because when you do this stuff on your own in the '60s at the height of comedy records, it's it. Yeah. I don't know that that's easy. No, it wasn't easy, but. Uh... I let him more or less take care of that. I didn't have much to do with it. Mm-hmm. Do you know Technically, what he... I, I, Except I did the covers. You know, I drew the covers uh, and so forth. I wanted to talk about that. I'll, the, so the first cover is is like a, a photo uh, composition, and the second one has a bunch of really beautiful art on the cover with some photos. That's all you? Yeah, that's me. Those are beautiful. Do you still draw? Uh, not much anymore. No? <laughs> yeah, but I, I drew then. Yeah. Pretty well. well, I was an artist. That was my uh, occupation. That's I what I was wondering. Old. Okay. Yeah, so... I was an artist uh-huh. for, for many, many years. And uh, every time I tried to quit being an artist, that, I'd come in, you don't want to quit. <laughs> I said, yeah. And I said, no, come here. <laughs> you, you, this guy would write to that, here's what you're making now. And I said, yeah. I said, you stay with us, and, here's what, and he wrote something else there. <laughs> I said, ah, well, okay, I'll, I'll stay a little while longer. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the first thing you knew, I'd, uh, it was time to retire. Right. Yeah, that was in New York. That was in New York. We, uh, I worked for Foot Locker and Lady Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my main jobs is they would send me pictures of guys they were going to honor. And I'd do caric- caricature the guy. Mm-hmm. And we, I go to these dinners, and everybody come around and sign around the picture. I get, I get of him, and he would take it home with him. Wow! So, do you lived and, in New York at the time? Oh yeah, I lived in New York most of my life. I, well, okay. No, most of my adult life, I lived a great deal of time in New York. I went back to New York in '55. Like you said, I went up there, and then I was drafted, went to the army for a bit. Uh huh. And guess what I did? I drew pictures and really put on a paper in the army. <laughs> And after I got back, I, I went to New York and stayed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd come down here and do the stuff with Lynn. I don't believe he ever came. To, we may have come to New York a couple of times, but we did all the stuff down here in, in uh, Lynchburg or Madison Heights. So these were all things that you did on the, on the, the chances you got to get together down in Virginia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's yeah, wonderful. I don't believe he ever came to New York, as I recall. I don't recall him ever coming to New York, but I can't swear he didn't. He may have come a couple of times. Uh huh. <laughs> that was so long ago. I, my memory is beginning to fail me. Hey, well, hey, you know what? You you got enough of a memory to to tell me a pretty wonderful story. I, I I'm loving all oh, this already. You. I so, let, boy, you, here's the problem. We, we I have so much that I want to ask you, and I it's all kind of swirling around in my brain a bit because uh, I didn't yeah. I didn't know you were an artist. Uh, what let's let's you know let's do this. Tell me a little bit about Lem so I, I know more about him, and then you can give me some more details about your life. But I'm I'm curious who Lem was, uh, why he stayed in Virginia, what he did for a living. He programmed computers at the Pentagon. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. And then he just quit invested his money invested his money, and lived on that, on that for the rest of his life with Bill, Bill Harrell. She was a lovely girl who was still alive. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, that was that was about it. That's that's amazing uh, because here's the thing i mean I, as a as a the kind of guy i am i'm a bit of a you know what we like to call a nerd you're allowed to call yourself a nerd now and be be proud of it uh you oh, know, I, oh i can be proud of it now huh? yeah yeah absolutely that used, to be, that used to be an insult <laughs> i know yeah people get excited well, thanks, about it now <laughs> yeah things do change and I, growing up i love computers and i wrote a couple of years ago i wrote a book that was a fake history of computers in the internet because i'm interested in the real history and yeah. whenever I find out that somebody was in any way involved with the early days of what we would now call modern computing, I'm kind of excited. So that's what he did for a living. And so it sounds like, well, I don't want to make too many assumptions, but I I know from experience and I know other people who, when you've got artistic ambitions, uh, even if you don't have necessarily artistic experience and you're like, yeah. okay, you know, I'm going to put something out, uh, uh, you just want to get it out there. And I, th I think that's pretty forward thinking for, uh, you know, for anybody with an artistic spirit in 1965, you know, screw it. Let's just do it and make the thing, and if people want to buy it, they'll buy it. Yeah, that's, right. that's the way it worked. <laughs> that's so great. You you know what's fun, too, is, like, I mean, I found a couple ad advertisements even where, uh, I'm assuming it was him, bought bought an ad in the, the Village Voice newspaper, a couple other ads just to just say, hey, the only way you can buy this is, you know, send us a check, uh, you know, send us your, your money to uh, whatever uh, the P.O. Yeah. box was. And so that's the only I, way you could buy it. Yeah, that's the only way you could buy it, right. And I let them take care of that. He took care of the business part of it. I yeah. just took care of the genius part. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Did you do all the well, hand lettering on these, too, I'm assuming? Huh? Did, is all this hand lettering yours, too? On the, yeah. Wow. Is, is yeah, it, I... Man. I was an artist. That's what I did in New York. Right. Yeah, but it's Believe it's just it or not, I... <laughs> it's just so beautiful. And I was trying to figure out. Oh, is this an exist? Some of these look like they might be fonts that you could easily find. Is any of this yours? Like your original handwriting type style? Like your original style? I'm curious. I, I don't know if you call it my my style, but mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I of course when I write checks or something, I sign them. You know, I don't write them. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I have terrible handwriting. Okay. I can do handwriting. No, <laughs> but uh, and uh, I, as I get older, my handwriting is getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how, know, how about you know your art, though? Well, Are you still doing art every once in a while? No, I haven't done any any real art for a long time. No, I after forty or fifty years have it. I've done just about enough. <laughs> so let's you let's. You know what I mean. I I, I do. Do you let yeah. let's talk. Let's go back to your history. So when did you start doing art professionally, and uh, like w what were the different places you went to to do art? Uh, well, yeah, I wanted to be an artist, 
but I, I wanted to be a fine artist. I went to the New York Phoenix School of Design and uh, studied art there. But well, mainly because I could see naked women and get a, <laughs> draw for real models. You know, I couldn't <laughs> afford to be. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, yeah, New York Phoenix, he's dead now. It, the Phoenix was the guy's name. Uh, you're probably wondering, was it in Phoenix? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, Mr. Phoenix was the guy's name that ran the art school. Okay. It's called the New York Phoenix School of Design, Art and Design. That's where I learned a lot of artwork. I, I was drawing way before then, but, you know, I wanted to be more professional about it. Right. So you get, did you get drafted right after you graduated? Yeah, well, I was drafted. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I, I enjoyed <laughs> Right. Yeah, I was drafted, uh, and uh, went, went the, but I had fun in the Army, too. So I got some lovely little Japanese booster maids. Mm hmm Us young girls. And uh, I was amazed at how friendly they were. Because mm -hmm. they'd been lied to about what we were going to do if they, you know, if they lost to the Americans. And we didn't do it. Mm hmm They realized they'd been lied to. So they were all very friendly, very nice people. Mm-hmm. I like the Japanese. So you were over there during Korean War? Yeah, I, that, the Korean War was going on. But I spent uh, I, I spent time in Japan rather than going to Korea. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Okay. Yeah. Of course. No. That's that's and, not uh, bad. <laughs> my brother went to Korea. Uh -huh. He was in the army. He was drafted in the army. And uh, I had a lot of fun in Japan. And uh, and the Japanese were so friendly. You know, they realized a lot of them they had been lied to by their government. You know, if you lose, the Americans are going to do this and that and that. And we didn't. And they realized that they had been lied to. Right. Yeah. So that's... we would, you know, we treated them okay, and they appreciated it. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting. So, did you find any kind of? I mean, like you said, you got drafted in. So, did you find any kind of mutual sort of, you know, well, we both have to deal with governments who aren't always giving us the the truth at every point. Did you? Were you doing art from the very beginning in the military? Or when did that start? Well, I had been doing it a long time before the military, but. Mm -hmm. I did that in the military, believe it or not. That's uh, now. How did they know you? Uh, what, what kind of art did they have you doing? I uh, did caricatures of people. Uh, they would come in, you know, generals and so forth would come in and on. Uh, what do they call it? And they they temporarily out of of the war, you know, to recuperate and so forth. Mm -hmm. And they would pose. And I'd do caricatures of them and sign it. Everybody sign all around it and. Uh, Give it to them, mm -hmm. and uh, I did it for some Japanese people too, for, uh, because I wanted to. Right, and uh, I had a great old time in Japan. I had no I idea really that did. I didn't have any idea that the military would ever set just set aside some time to have one of their soldiers sit down and draw caricatures of of military officials. That's kind of that's crazy. That's I, what I did. I ran a newspaper. Yeah. Too. Okay. And uh, for the army. And I, I ran the newspaper. I did most of the writing, almost all of the writing, in fact, and all of the drawing that went into it. Wow. And uh, that's what I did. What was the name they, of that paper? It was Stars and Stripes. Oh, it was for Stars and Stripes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so for you, Stars and Stripes. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody, everybody yeah. knows that one. I, See, I, I he knows think. better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I should let talk to you. Let's say thanks to Wayne, because you, you dedicated the second album to him, too, which I uh, I think is great. I, I, I yeah. his, his name is on there, so is Bell's. So those are the two yeah, names that we see so on the back. Yeah, so is Bell, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll tell him. He wants to thank you, Wayne. 
Hey, he said, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you see what a tough time I had during the war. They heard I was coming, uh-huh. and they gave up. <laughs> That's when the, the thing ended, and, and Korea, where we were fighting at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I used to say. They heard I was coming, the cowards quit. <laughs> that was probably not the real reason, though. <laughs> I want to be truthful to you. <laughs> Uh, so you're you're writing for Stars and Stripes. You're drawing pictures for Stars and Stripes, right? Uh, uh, and then, so when uh, out of the military, uh, I'm assuming you're only in the military for a short time. That's that's the way it's sounding. Is, is that correct? Yeah. I, no, I didn't re up in the military. No. <laughs> Although I did extend. I did. I didn't re up, but I, they let me extend. I said I'm not going to re up. Mm-hmm. They said, Well, we need to. Could you extend? And I said, Well. He said, you get more pain. I said, mm. okay, I extend it. Yeah, right, <laughs> of course, of course. Well, I mean, if you're not fighting and, you, and you're still getting to draw, that's not so bad. No, I, I, well, I was doing pretty much what he did in civilian life when I got back. <laughs> so <laughs> but, let's talk uh, about that. What, what happened when you got back? What, what was your first thing you did when you got back? Well, uh, in those days, companies, when they had good employees, they wanted to keep them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked for... Uh, well, I worked for a paper there, and they, uh, you know, they'd bring people in mm-hmm. and give them uh, big dinners, and uh, I'd go and, you know, draw the, and maybe do a car with and everybody would sign all around that. And that's what I did for a living. How's that? So you would go to events that the newspaper was covering, and you'd draw, you'd draw the people that were there, and they'd sign it? Yeah. That's crazy. It, it is crazy. I love Everything it. Everything in my life has been crazy. I. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see that today. That's just. Uh, I, that's that's. No, you don't. That's fascinating. I do. You have any of that old old art sitting around? Uh, do you hold on to any of that stuff? No, no. Only, only what you've got is probably about all I've got left. You yep. say you have the two albums. I do. Yep. That's probably about all I've got left of it. Mm-hmm. Now, believe me. After a while, you. You won't believe this, but you can get tired, sick and tired of drawing <laughs> and painting. Yeah. Well, you do it for as many years as I did it, and in the Army even. Yeah. You know, you can uh, get a little weary after a while. So I quit when I was around 70, mm-hmm. and then I came back home. You know, I, I stayed in New York a while, but I said, well, you know, I better go home while I'm still alive. So I came back here, now I'm living here. Do you know when you started doing these recordings together, and do any of those recordings exist anymore? I don't know whether they do or not. So you would come down every once in a while, and would would Lem say, "Hey, I've got the recorder. You want to? You want to? Whose idea was it? I'm just curious. Like, what were you, were you having a drink that night, and somebody says, "Let's break out the recorder. How'd it go?" No, every time I came to Lem, we we did stupid recordings, silly recordings. So every time. Yeah, every time I was home, I would go to Lim and we'd do these recordings. Yeah. And I really don't remember whose idea it was to bring out the album. It was probably Lim's idea. Mm-hmm. I was never all that interested in money, which is, sounds insane right there, right? <laughs> but, uh, and uh, he, he, he more or less took care of all that. Except I would do, you know, I, we, I did the recordings and I did the, the artwork on the album. Yeah. Otherwise, other than that, I more or less let, left that all up to him. What do you think his interest was in releasing an album in the first place? Why do you think he wanted to do that? I think he just wanted to let... I always felt he wanted to get even with everybody. <laughs> and listen to 
this. That'll show him. <laughs> but I, I think he just wanted to see if they would sell. Yeah. And we, uh, I left it all up to him. We split the money, 50-50, and uh, that was it. I, I said this before, but I mean, the, the design of these is, is really great because uh, a lot of independent records, a lot of smaller records, uh, yeah. don't don't always look good. Um, yeah. And I grabbed the first one because it looks crazy. I'll admit you. I'll admit that. I saw that. I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? This is crazy. So I had I had to yeah. buy it based off of that. I will say that's why I bought it. Oh, you. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. I appreciate that. I love it. And then when I saw that the second okay. one had some art on it, I'm like, wait a minute, is this clip art or did one? And then I saw your name on it, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't. This is. Yeah. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. I I wish the original oh. of this existed because I would. Oh, thank oh. you. Well, if I had the original, I'd be glad to send you. A... <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's long gone. Sure, I understand. But I did all the uh, all the drawings and stuff. You see, I did. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, Lim couldn't draw. He could write well, but mm -hmm. he couldn't draw. Mm -hmm. And as so, far you, as I know, you released the first one in '64 and the second one in 1966. Yeah. Um. They're not easy to find necessarily. You have to do a little hunting. Although I got the second one for a reasonable price online, I will say that they—they're not impossible to find. Well, what, you got it online. Yeah, I bought I bought the second one online after I found out there was a second one. Um, oh my goodness! Well, and also I don't know if you know this. There's a book from two or three years ago called "Enjoy the Experience," and it's written by a bunch of collectors who collect specifically independent, independently produced or vanity press albums. And oh, yeah? a lot of it throughout the book is just covers. They're saying, look at this cover. Isn't it interesting? And they move on. It's mostly what it is. They're like, I, I you know, it's people talking about them collecting records like the way I do. And yeah. uh, I didn't know this until after I bought this, but both of these album covers show up in that book. So, oh, they all have photos in that book? Yeah, they're very small. They're oh. small photos, but somebody had these in their collection and was like, people have to see this. So it's, it's, it's yeah. in a book called Enjoy the Experience. So, yeah, your book, oh. your, your album covers both show up in it. My goodness gracious, I I wish Lim knew this. I wish uh, he was still alive and liked the time. You know what? I mean, but it's 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 again it's another little it's another little uh, you know, tribute to the fact that there's some la there's a lasting impression you've made and one of the things I talk about on this sh this show a lot is, you know, it's uh, uh the experience of buying an album and and listening to an album uh, is holding it. You know, you, oh, yeah. you've got this art to stare at while you're listening to whatever crazy thing, especially if it's comedy, whatever crazy thing is coming over yeah. your, your earphones or your speakers. And right. this this adds to it. It does. I mean, the second one is great because you've you've gone out of your way to draw Silver Spitz Dawson in a coat oh, with yeah. a cigar. <laughs> silver, that's it. Silver smoked a cigar. <laughs> Yeah. Now, when did all right? So, how how deep did the mythology of Silver go? How much how much of a character did you create for him in your head? Well, he uh, he was just pretty much the whole the whole show, basically. Mm -hmm. He knocked everybody around. He was a well, he was a Spitz. You know how Spitzes are. He was the main character always. Then when I did all the voices, by the way, uh -huh. uh, you know that was, I did Silver, and uh, Lim did some voices. I Paul Phillips. I think I did call Phillips too. He was a reporter mm -hmm. on the tapes we did. How long did these recording sessions go? Oh, you you mean through the years? Mm-hmm. Just for fun? You you don't mean uh, professionally, right? Right. Oh my gosh, I, that was thirty or forty years, probably. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. 
That's amazing. But what amazes me is yeah. how fast those years passed. Of course. And all of a sudden, I wake up, and you know what? I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I never expected to be an old man. <laughs> What, how long were you recording for each session then? When you would sit down, how long? How much time would you sit? How much tape would you eat up just messing around? Oh my lord, we'd do sometimes, and we erased a lot of them that we did do. Uh huh. But we'd sometimes make three or four, five, six hours a day. Oh my god. Yeah, a lot. Was, so this this was you guys getting together. Instead of getting together over drinks or over coffee or having a meal together, you guys would sit down yeah. for six hours with a tape recorder. And and Pepsi-Cola. And Pepsi-Cola. Okay, that's your and drink of choice. Pepsi-Cola, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's, that's amazing to me. I, I, I just, that's, that's, uh, that's... That's not something you find that often. I, I, here's the thing. No. The reason the reason why I'm struggling for words is that this is very much the way my best friend and I relate. And we, oh, yeah? we now I will tell you, we don't have the six hour stamina you two guys had. I will tell you that is impressive. My hat is off to you. I'm gonna my next drink I have will be to you for that. But oh, thank you. Thank of course. You. Uh, but uh, but it's it is something my best friend and I share. He lives in Boise, Idaho. I live here in Los Angeles. And it's something we do, you know, it's it's kind of how we express our friendship is making comedy albums together. Oh, you make, are you live in Los Angeles? Yeah, I live in Los Angeles now. I'm from upstate New York originally, but, and we... Oh, I didn't know you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, yeah, and I've, uh, and I've... I've somebody in Los Angeles, huh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, you know, you, would, you wouldn't know it from looking at where I live, but that's okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> can't always make a living in art although again i look no, up to you for that too i look up to you for that too that's that's admirable did you well i it's not i i uh it, it's not many people who can make a living doing what they love best right did you so, uh, is that how you felt though because i know you say you try to get out of it but did you love it while you were doing it the art well i loved it yeah while i was doing it i loved doing it but uh you know after a while i just <laughs> Like anything, no matter how much you love it, after a while you just get, you know, that ah, I've done enough of this. Mm-hmm. It's time to retire. <laughs> when when's the last time you guys did a recording together? Oh my goodness, that was years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our voices began to go, you know, mm-hmm. after a while. And you know, as you get older, I, I don't even know if I could do any of those voices anymore. I was gonna a- cool. I was gonna ask you if you could do silver. Oh my lord! Wait a minute. Hold on just a second. I'll I'll try, it and I'll see if I can do a high pitch voice anymore. Well, let me see, Douglas. Oh, not really. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> but it was something like that. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, even my vocal cords are going. How's <laughs> that for depression? <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny too to listen to these albums. It's just the two of you enjoying it so much that you'll you'll like you'll talk on top of each other. You keep interrupting each other. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> we enjoy. Well, we did it just for fun. We, yeah. We never made. We never intended to make any money out of it. Sure. But uh, we did. We made. We made a pretty good amount out of it mm-hmm. eventually. That's great. Not, unintentionally. Mm-hmm. I think if we were doing it for money, I, I know this may sound silly. But I think if we were doing it for money, they wouldn't have been as good as they were. That makes sense. If you know, if you know what I mean. I do. No, I, I absolutely do. And the, the joy of it, like I said, is, is listening to the two of you 
entertaining each other and now knowing how much time you spent doing it together it 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 means something yeah. it means something more at least to to myself it, it's it's oh yeah it, there there's and, a lot of value and, to that and if you have a best friend uh, i hope he lives a long long time and i hope you do too well, I, but, I'll uh, take that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope you both live a long time. But, uh, <laughs> when your best friend dies, it, it's tough. It yeah. really is tough. Not easy. No, not easy. Not easy. Well, when anybody you like dies, it's tough, bad enough. But, when, you know, when your best friend goes, that's even worse. It's all, almost like losing a parent. <laughs> right. What about... Or, or brother, you know. When... When's the last time you listened to any of these, uh, to, to either of these albums? Have you listened to them in a long time? Oh, no, no, because now, I don't know. It's, uh, I uh, think it would might depress me now. Yeah, I can see you that. Know, you, you can understand You can understand that. I can, I can. Yeah. It's it, it, People deal in different ways. I, I, recently oh, lost, oh. I, I recently lost a friend, and because I have so much footage of him, I can sit around and watch it and not get sad, but that's only because I hadn't seen him in so long, but I can, what you're talking about also makes perfect sense to me. If, if, oh yeah. 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 Well, you know exactly what I mean then. I do. I do. Yeah. In fact, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. I'm glad you called. Oh, well, this is, uh, this has been a damn delight. I, I could talk to you for, oh, at least six hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to commit you to that. That would be the worst thing to do to you. You're 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 a busy man. You've got a life to lead. Um, I but yeah. I, I I love listening to these. I I wish I, were, I you know what I wish I were down the street. I wish because I want to have you sign these. So if I'm ever in yeah. Virginia, if I'm ever in Virginia, I'm going to find a way to get you to sign these because. Um, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this. Your name is Jason. That's that's right, Jason Klom. <laughs> Plum. Yes, sir. K L A M M. Yes, sir. That's correct. I'll hang on to this. You know, you do drop by. <laughs> <laughs> I would of love course, to. Uh, oh man. I, I don't. We'll probably both be dead of old age by the time you make it. <laughs> I, I man. But if you I, know to do all this way. Drop by. <laughs> I do. You, I really. You know. I wish looking at these albums. Uh, I, I wish. I got to uh, You know. There's. I don't know. I'm 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 ha I'm having trouble speaking right now. But all I'm saying is I I I, uh, I wish I could have you make album art for me. I will just say that these, especially yeah. the, especially the second one. I want people to check out. I'll try and take a good picture of this and put it on online so people can see it because I want them to see your art. I, I do like that the cover. So I, I, there there is one bit on the second album that's called Computer Go Home, and it is about a talking computer. That is part of it. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I have to assume that comes from Lem's experience. And uh, was he frustrated with computers? What do you think? Well, he liked it, but you know, like everything else, it can be frustrating at times too. Mm -hmm. So uh, he he saw and talked about the job. Okay. But I I got the feeling he uh, well he was doing it for money. <laughs> okay. Know? Yeah. And anytime you're doing something just for money, it doesn't. You can't enjoy it as much. I am very happy that I can personally... It means something to me that I can personally have these two albums uh, oh, yeah. in my collection and that they have, you know, that that, uh, that they are uh, a snapshot of two people's friendship. Uh, do you, oh, yeah. Did either of you ever look at comedy as a th as an art or a thing that you wanted to do, or was it always just going to be, we're just going to mess around? Uh, you, what do you mean? You mean drawing or just... No, uh, like the, the comedy itself. Do you think Lem ever would have, if he could have, would he have quit his job and done comedy, or is that not something that would ever have been in the cards for him? Oh, I think we both would have if we could have done comedy. But, uh, you know, there's not much 
the man for that. <laughs> and uh, no, I, I I don't know how I, how I would have done it in front of an audience anyway. No. You know, it may have been a whole different thing. Then it probably gets to be work. We, I, what we would have done would have to have been more for radio than television anyway. Sure. Sure. No, that you know. that makes sense. Well, I mean, there are a lot of guys who got their start that way. Bob and Ray, you know, you got a lot of... A lot of really oh, yeah, great Bob early early uh, teams like that. Actually, normally I ask this so much earlier in the episode, and I don't want to keep you, but I do want to know what kind of comedians you would have been listening to at the time. Who 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 was funny to you? Well, I liked. Uh, do you remember Spike Jones in the Of City course, Places? of course. I I liked Spike Jones. I liked. Uh, I don't know if I really got any other other comedy albums except that may have been it. Yeah. Well, I liked Bob and Ray. Mm-hmm. And uh, we try not to emulate anybody. Sure. You know, so, well, oh, that's my two favorites, Dawson and Harold. There you go. <laughs> now you are. That's my two favorite. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? You you listen to more of their their comedy than you ever listen to anybody else's, especially if you're recording it at the time. I mean, oh, come that's on. that's for sure, yeah. Come on. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I Okay, so... Um, I just want to. I, w- I have a couple questions for you off the air, but I I do want to qu- quickly. A I really want to thank you for sitting down and talking to me. This has been a lot oh, of fun. I, well, I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy, thank you for talking to me. Of course, I'm going to recommend that my listeners go out and check this out. Both of these albums. Oh, okay, thank they're, you. They're fun. Like I said, you can find them on eBay. I'm going to guess if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope or something to that PO box, it's not going to get anywhere anymore. But I'm assuming you guys are sold out. That's that's my assumption. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I want to m- recommend people pick this out. Al- these albums up; they're fun to listen to. Uh, I'll keep your name here to remember you by Jason Clam. Right? Yes, yes, sir. Am I pronouncing that correctly? It's Clom, but people, everybody says, you oh, know oh, what? Clom. Can I tell you? Most of the Cloms in the United States actually say Clam. My family is the outlier, so most people right. do say Clam. Well, I'm going to write down here Clom in case. I- <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. Not everybody takes the time to write it down. Mr. Dawson, I, I thank you, uh, and and I, I do thank Lem, and I thank uh, okay. and I thank your old dog. I thank your, your old dog. I'll, I'll because... thank them all for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening, and as always, have a good thing. been doing those uh, skits since they were probably in their early teens, uh-huh. and it was just something that they enjoyed, and they, uh, uh, I guess, dreamed of becoming great comedians. Uh, 
they both have a real uh, sense of the absurd. They certainly do. Uh, that's that's one of the things I enjoy the most. That and 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 the voices uh, that, that they like to do. Um, I was curious because in talking with with, with Lawrence about it, uh, you know, he talked about coming down to Virginia uh, whenever he had the time and whenever he came down to visit, they would get together and record. It sounds like almost every time they got together. Is that right? It di- it did. As they got older, they didn't do it quite so much, but for. Years they did it. We lived in uh, Arlington, Virginia for a long time, and then he, uh, Lawrence, lived in New York City so for many years. And so whenever Lawrence visited, they or we came down to his parents' home in, uh, or we came to Lynchburg, then. He went to uh, Lawrence's fa- uh, family home. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and so, what? Because uh, I know that when I spoke to Lawrence, he said that in terms of you know actually taking these things that they'd done together for fun and as friends, uh, that the person who was responsible for making sure these became albums was your husband Lem. So, what do you do? You remember him putting these together, and and you know what he felt like his his purpose was in doing it. Oh, uh, no, uh, uh, it was just something that he he wanted to do, and uh, it was, I don't know, how, I don't know exactly how to say this, but that was, as far as I was concerned, a really a, uh, a part of his life that I wasn't really a part of. Uh, I, I was, I, that, that doesn't sound exactly right. But he and Lawrence had been doing that for umpteen million years, it uh-huh. seemed. Uh-huh. And uh, it wasn't something that uh, I got. I chose to get involved in. Sure. Uh, and you know they were perfectly happy doing doing their thing, and and they didn't need a third party. Right. Uh, do you was uh, so. What did uh, let's skip back a bit. So he, uh, what Lawrence said is that is that Lem worked uh, at the Pentagon uh, programming computers. Is that right? That he did what? That he worked uh, at the Pentagon program programming computers. He worked at the he worked at the Pentagon as a research analyst, and then he uh, worked uh, as a computer programmer. Wow. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's I think that that Lim knew all of the mechanics and that kind of thing, and Lawrence didn't. So that that Lim took care of all of the uh, uh, business uh, mechanical side of it. Okay. Okay. Did did uh, they do anything like when they released the first one? Uh, did they do like a release party or anything? Did they invite people no. over? No. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Did they have anybody come over and listen to the album, or is it, it was just a thing that they just that that he was, was doing just privately? It was just a thing they did. They okay. <laughs> they uh, cut the album and they advertised in various magazines, I believe, and uh. uh and then would mail them out when somebody requested one, and that was the extent of it. Yeah. Uh, do you know how how many he originally had made? 
How many what? Uh, how many albums he had cut? Uh, no. Oh, no, okay. I don't. Okay. Were they, it was just kind of a thing that they were, I mean, the typical, you know, it's interesting is like, uh, this is a thing that happened uh, in, uh, has been happening ever since albums have existed is, uh, you know, people do what's called a vanity press and you put together, you know, with your own money, you dig into your own pockets, put, put together something that means something to you. And then, you right. know, you got to give it out to people when they want it. Cause that's the easiest way. Um, and it's, it's something that's continued once with the internet. I mean, that made it easier for me. My first comedy album was released much the same way and, uh, it didn't cost me any money up front, which was the bonus for me. But I'm, I'm just curious. I, I don't know if it was a big investment for him or not, but it seems like it must've been worth it. It's not, it, because, you know, hearing from you that he wanted, you know, he might've had dreams of being a comedian. That's, that's kind of great to hear. Well, I think that I think that both he and Lars would have liked to. They love the they all of the uh, big name comedians. Uh, they love the the, the three the Stooges, the uh, all those all of those comedians. They watch those programs over and over. Uh, or you know, movies. They uh -huh. know movies, and. Uh, uh, I think what it did is it it was a release it was a tension release releaser for both of them, uh, particularly for my husband, that uh, it was uh, doing these things took him out of uh, took him into a, 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 I don't know, I guess call it a safe place that. Uh, uh, he could uh, say and do pretty much whatever he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 kind of thing is is important to find, and uh, I I love so much that he turned it into something that m meant just enough that that he would make two albums with his friend. Uh, but I was also obviously equally fascinated to find out that there there are tapes sitting there from years and years of getting together. Well, Lawrence has quite a few. Uh, when Lim died, I took all the tapes that uh, they had met, or that I had. Uh, I guess it was all that they'd ever made, probably, and uh, took them to Lawrence. There's also a book, and I mentioned this to Lawrence. Uh, it's called Enjoy the Experience, and this book is a very thick coffee table book about vanity pressings, and uh, both these two show up in a couple small thumbnails, uh, but they do show up in there. There were not a lot of comedy vanity pressings, not nearly as much as bad music. There was, uh, you know, there was a, a lot of, there are very few, like, people who had, had the guts to put out their own comedy albums, which I, I kind of uh, respect. Well, Lim uh, also, and it just uh, you know, when he, as he, when he knew he didn't have long to live, mm -hmm. he we uh, he wrote poetry, and he uh, has a uh, book of poetry which uh, I gave out at a memorial service for uh, for him. Oh wow! Uh, but uh, that was, uh, I felt, a suitable memorial for him. That's, that's wonderful. Poetry.
Yeah, I mean, quite the artist. I mean, what, what's, uh, what, what, what was his artistic history? Because you know everything you're describing, obviously, some very technical work. But you know that's it's not unusual for somebody who does that kind of technical work to have an artistic side. Well, Lim was very. Lim was very intelligent, and he was he was very uh, gifted in a lot of areas. But he didn't develop a lot of his talents. He could paint. He could. Uh, uh, he wrote poetry. He wrote. He wrote. Uh, uh, he wrote a novel or two. Wow. Published. Uh, he. Uh, he could do it anything that he set his mind to do. Yeah. Uh, 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 but many of his talents, he he didn't, uh, for some reason, did not develop them uh, as they they could have been developed. Yeah. Do you do you know? I guess he was a dabbler in a lot of things. Well, I, I got to tell you, uh, Lem and I would have gotten along uh, for that very reason. I've written a couple books, done a few comedy albums myself. I've dabbled in poetry, uh, and you know, but I, I I don't do any of those. I do them professionally, but I don't do them for a living. So I, I, I can relate to that. I can relate to trying a lot of things. Do you think it was? Uh, do you? Th- Hmm. Do you, it doesn't sound to me, but maybe this is my perspective on myself. He doesn't sound unfocused to me, but it sounds like he did want to try a lot of different stuff just for the sake of it. Yeah. Well, I think he was. Uh, uh, maybe easily discouraged. Okay. You know, uh, Lawrence was a professional artist. Right. Uh, and. Uh, uh, I don't think that Lim, like, I, and I, I, he never said this to me, okay, so I, I'm only guessing sure. that maybe he didn't want to compete with, uh, he didn't like competition uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't like uh, uh, competing with friends or whatever. Uh but I could be wrong that it was uh, so he he had he had you know as I said talents that he he did not uh, develop right well you know what again everything you're saying I, I I'm I'm a person who likes doing art and does not enjoy any competition to enter into it so I uh, you know if that is the case I I obviously respect that choice and I but I also respect even more that while he he didn't, if, if that's the case, if he didn't enjoy competition, he still put his all into putting out these two albums that people could hear. Um, and man, I I I I don't know. I I I do. I respect that very much. And uh, it's great that he had somebody so supportive. That do you? I, I'm curious now. You, uh, do you have any uh, artistic? Uh, do you have an artistic side yourself? Um. I was a high school English teacher, uh-huh. and uh, I suppose I, if I had to say that I had some talent, it would be that writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, have been in the last 
few years writing memoirs, and I'm leading a group at my church uh, in writing memoirs so that we get together and we write whatever about our lives or uh, our thoughts or whatever, and then we read these to the group. And uh, uh, gradually, you know, if you're if you're serious about it, some people who, excuse me, who come to the group say they don't want to write; they just want to listen to the rest of us. <laughs> Uh, I would be there for that very reason. I would be fascinated. I've never heard of anybody doing a group like this. That's that's wonderful. I think it's a valuable skill. It it teaches you to appreciate what you've done, not necessarily even accomplished, but it, it teaches you to appreciate your life in a new way. Well, the thing about it is that if you if you if you write regularly, you get better at it. Uh, uh if you read a lot, you're going to write better. So, uh, but uh, anyway, I, I would uh, at least a few people enjoy my reminiscing. I don't know whether it's because of how I write or what I'm writing about that. Uh, that's exactly. a, that's always the thing, isn't it? You're never sure what what's the thing that's connecting people. Is it the style? Is it the content? <laughs> Hopefully, it's both. You know, obviously. Right. <laughs> I think many people are afraid to expose themselves. Uh, I certainly have uh, not cared to expose myself. Uh, because when you write, you expose yourself. Yeah. Uh, whether you intend to or not. Uh, if you're writing your memoirs, uh, you've got to expose yourself or it's not going to be true. So uh, you take a risk. Absolutely. That's that's the hardest that's the hardest thing to learn. But I I don't know. I really love that. I love that you're doing that because that's 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 great in general. But it's also probably pretty therapeutic for the people who are doing it. I, I bet it's yeah. I bet it's helpful. I think what it does with the group is. Uh, that it it brings the brings people who might not otherwise be part of you know your whatever your group uh, into a group and there, there's a bonding that occurs in that writing mm-hmm. and sharing of the memories or whatever that, and so that you know the person in a very different way yeah from just sitting in church say. And, uh, you know, that woman or that man is over there in that pew and you're in your pew and you say good morning and so forth. And that's about the extent of it. But you don't really know that person at all. Right. Yeah, it's nice to extend it to, to this new level where you get to know people and you have to have the only way you get to know them is kind of having the willingness to let them know a little bit of who you are. And you know, that's honestly, that's a little bit of what this entire podcast is about is I, and I don't get to dig into it that often is, you know, what were the lives of the people like who actually made the albums? And it's harder when, you know, there's less written about them. I mean, I have, I've spent the last few weeks trying to do online internet, uh, online newspaper searches to find more about both of them, uh, about Lem and Lawrence. 
and uh, you know, haven't found a whole lot, but I found some pretty interesting bits and pieces. I did find one of those advertisements you talked about. Uh, I found oh, one, from, yeah, from the Village Voice. Well, Lim was a very private person. Mm-hmm. He was he was an extremely private person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to tell him that he was a, he was a recluse, and he said no, he wasn't a recluse. He just, uh, you know, he had friends. <laughs> he didn't cut himself off from everybody. Right. But he didn't like crowds, and he didn't like, uh, uh, you know, large groups of people. I can respect that. Uh, ah, man, I, I got to tell you, yeah, I don't know. L- looking at everything, they put so much effort even into just this ad. The, the, the advertisement I'm looking at is all clearly, like, hand-drawn and hand-lettered by, by Lawrence. Um, it's only too bad he doesn't, he didn't keep a whole lot of his art because I would love to see more of Lawrence's art just as much as I would love to, you know, hear or see anything Lem ever did. Boy, I got to tell you, no pressure, but if there was ever a chance to read his novels, I would, boy, oh boy, I got to tell you, I would love to read what he wrote. Oh, again, no pressure. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you to anything. I just, the second you said that my, my brain lit up, I got to say. Well, uh, it was not published, and you know it was right. not published. So, what? Uh, it's uh, here somewhere in typewritten form. Right, right. Uh, but. Uh, well, I'll just offer this: if you ever want that digitized, I have the capability of digitizing that and sending it back to you as well. But again. I'm not going to put any pressure. There's no pressure intended. It's just something that I I, I I love the idea that he did that. And again, everything you're saying is reminding me of myself. So you're going to be fascinated uh, with somebody who reminds you of yourself. I wonder if that, I do wonder if that happens in your in your uh, your memoir meetings. Do people end up finding you know oh I, you know I had an experience like they must right there must be people having similar experiences and that brings them closer together. Well, somehow I had the feeling that you and I'm sorry that Lim is not here to talk with you. I think you would uh, have a lot in common. I can uh, tell we'd get along. So, uh, that's, uh, it's good to know that there are other people out there like yourself, right? It is. It is. And yeah. I, I'll tell you this, when Lawrence, because I didn't know, I got, obviously, I learned most of the story from Lawrence, so... All I knew is look at these crazy looking albums, listen to these crazy albums because they're just fun, they're, but they're just all over the place. And I, 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 that's something I enjoy. I like the energy of them. So I didn't know anything. And then I spoke to Lawrence. And as he's telling me about his friendship with Lem, you know, I almost teared up because it's reminding me of my friendship with my best friend. And, right. and it was, and it was just like, oh, you know what? We're not the only two people who do this. Uh, neither, neither my friend or I are famous. We don't know if we ever will be famous, but we also don't do it for that. We do it because, uh, you know, we record together every week. He lives in Boise. I live in Los Angeles. We record together every week just so we can stay friends, just so we stay in touch. And, uh, you know, I don't know. That's obviously intrigued me and has kept me a little obsessed with their story, you know? And Lawrence called me when you when you called him, and he was thrilled to death. He said, "We've got one fan." <laughs> <laughs>
He said, I wish Lim were here to know that we have one fan. I said, where on earth could you have gotten the record? I mean, not, my God, that was a hundred years ago. Uh, I, you know, and I was—that's—that's that's the thing too. So I'm wondering if somebody in Los Angeles saw that ad and bought it because I don't know how far out their ads went either. But I'm curious, how, you know, like who was who was buying the albums, and I, obviously it's nothing you, you wouldn't know that. And I don't know if he kept records of it, but it's you know you always wonder because he did it just by mail order. Not a lot of people were doing that. I don't, <laughs> I, I, it didn't last very long. He sure. didn't, you know, uh, he didn't get a, a real big response. Right. I don't know how many records he sent out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. You know, I, I, and I don't know whether, how many he had left. Right. And what he did with them. Mm-hmm. I suspect he destroyed them. Okay. I have one of each. Yeah. But uh, I don't, you know, we've moved from Arlington to Stanton to Bedford. And oh, in yeah. the process of moving, all kinds of things get broken or thrown away or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I just don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I I gotta say, I'm I'm fortunate. You know, when you say some of the, the ways you're describing him, I'm fortunate that I got to come up in a time where it didn't cost me anything to make my own comedy albums, and therefore it was a little easier for me. Well, not always, but <laughs> it was a little easier for me to deal if if I didn't know if people were buying my stuff because it it would get bought behind the scenes, and if anybody did, I might get a residual here or there. Uh, it's easier to deal with it when you don't have a bunch of albums sitting in your garage. Um, you know, cause it's, it's, it can be frustrating when people don't buy your stuff, but it's also, I don't know, it, it is easier for me now to be satisfied with, Hey, I put out something I enjoy and that's enough. You know, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it is, I, I think I'm fortunate in that I get to do that. I get to just say, Hey, it's done and I'm done. Well, I think it's wonderful, <clears throat> wonderful that someone can have a friend and have that as a lifelong friend. And uh, uh, I think that's very rare. Most of us, uh, well, we don't have many friends in life. We have a lot of acquaintances. Yeah. But we don't have a lot of real friends, I think. Uh, So friends are very, very important. I agree. And it was clear what Lem meant to Lawrence talking to him. And it was, again, that was one of the things It just made me just, you kind of sit and you reassess. And it's like, this, this is the stuff that's important. And uh, it's, I don't know, to me, it's, I think the world is lucky that uh, people can have a friendship and put it, and they put it down on two records. Like that's all you're hearing on these two records. You're not necessarily hearing two professional comedians. You're hearing two people who like to be funny together and make each other laugh. And you have to respect that and you have to enjoy that because, uh, you know, it's so goofy. And that's that reminds me of me and my best friend getting together, you know, and just just being silly. And I don't know. I respect that. And I love it. It's been a very, very nice talking to you. Absolutely. Belle, thank you so much for, for doing this and sitting down with me. Um, I, I would love to stay in contact with you uh, because uh, not only are you fun to talk to, but... Uh, I don't know. This this is this is just 
it's a story that that would be fun that I'm fascinated with, and I don't know. She's very sweet of you to talk to me. Well, uh, if you send me your address, I'll send you one of Lim's poetry books. That would be lovely. I will absolutely do that. I'll I'll write you a letter this week. Okay. Thank you okay. so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Well, that was awesome. Uh, boy, oh boy, this kind of stuff is just is just too much fun. I mean, how do, how do you not how do you not like that lady? She's the nicest lady on the planet. Sweet, sweet lady. And I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to read his poetry. These things are fun. I I I, I don't know. It's a good show. I like doing it. I'm being completely just un uh words. <laughs> Bye. Well, there we are. Those two interviews are two of my favorites that I've done on a long time. Uh, I'm especially grateful that they're still around, that I got to speak with these folks because people are not hunting down people who created Vanity Press stuff because often there's too much... Uh, people's interest in these and appreciation of these is soaked so much in irony. Um, I didn't want to do that. Um, you know, I was, I was interested in these. Um, um, I'm mostly interested in the guys, and as you can see, there, there's a here rather. There's a moment there where Lawrence brings up the passing of his best friend, and we commiserate a little bit. I can't relate in the same way, you know. Uh, he he and he and Lim had each other for a very long time as best friends, and um, you know those feelings are not going to go away. Um, but it's difficult, and having lost or realizing realize I lost a friend earlier this year, uh, it hit me pretty hard. But the the greatest part of it is and again, I don't know at one point in the interview it, it happens, but there's there's a point there where he talks about how they, they would get together every time he visited Virginia and record for eight hours at a time. I mean, first of all, that's amazing to me. And that's just a beautiful example of friendship and people who just want to do stuff together so much. And they have to. They have to. I wish so much that Lem was still with us so that I could get from his mouth what this stuff meant to him. Um, that said, I still think, uh, we got a pretty good idea from between both, uh, Lawrence and Bell and, um, which by the way, uh, Lawrence uh, was with the assistance of his brother, Wayne, who had a few more uh, bits of information at the ready for us. And that actually helped me a little. Um, but anyway, my best friend, Dan and I get together whenever we get together, we do comedy, um, for whatever reason. And listening to that, just, just hearing that for the first time. I don't know, it, it kind of makes you appreciate what you do have and the fact that, you know, it's not something everybody still does. It's something you kind of do when you're a kid, uh, but Dan and I will probably never stop. And I, I'm literally getting ready right now. Uh, this will have happened weeks later uh, by the time you're hearing this, but I'm getting ready right now to go to Boise and visit Dan. I've actually never been to Boise, which is um, weird. Uh, Dan's been to, to L.A. because he used to live here, but he's also visited me a few times. Um but this is my first time going to Boise, and like I went out of my way to buy um, a little portable, tiny, tiny portable recorder, which is something Dan and I bring in our trips together all the time, used to. We, we did these trips once a year for a few times in our 20s, and this is our first trip, uh, really, where we're going to have you know some time to just chill out together and record. Not necessarily record comedy, but uh, for those times, but I have the recorder ready if we want to do comedy, because it's, a, it's a pretty high quality, sounds nice, but it's, it is the kind of thing Dan and I do. Uh, not that we're required to make content ugh, uh, when we get together, but we like to. We like to do comedy together. And I don't know. It was just nice to hear that um, that relationship 
and how much it paralleled us. I mean, Dan and I released our first album, you know, to zero acclaim, uh, except for minor popularity on mp3.com.au. So we had some Australian fans at some point. Uh, you know, so you just did it out of the love of it, and that's what we still do. And I don't know, it's just nice to speak to somebody else who's in a group that had a had a similar similar trajectory in that way. Um, and had they had the internet, like I say, I, it, it could have done something different for them. Or not. Don't know. But I, I am fascinated with their story. Uh, and then one other, the, the other postscript, the real postscript to this, which was um, at one point Lawrence uh, brings up that he worked for Stars and Stripes. Um, he added it, and I, I did a little bit of research and found out the specific wing of Stars and Stripes. I'm still doing some research on that. Um, but what I did, I, so I bought a subscription to the Stars and Stripes archive online and just did as many searches as I could, every different option. Uh, you know, if you do too generic of a search, you're not going to, you're going to get too many results. But one of the first results I found when I did just general search for a uh, Dawson cartoonist was an article featuring one of his cartoons, which I will uh, post on the blog. Uh, which is incredibly fun. And the article about his cartoons uh, is an article about all kinds of different GI cartoons. And the article was written by a uh, private uh, Sheldon Silverstein. I just think it's interesting. And uh, Lawrence had a fascinating story. So did Lem. Uh, Bell was kind enough to send me uh, Lem's poetry, uh, a book of uh, poetry that was written uh, and then compiled when he passed away. And it's really beautiful. There's some wonderful things in there. And I just want to say thank you to Bell for sending that out to me. He's very kind. Um, I don't know. It, it's nice. I feel like I've, I've definitely made some friends, which you can't always necessarily say for a podcast. So it was refreshing. It was a very good time. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. Um, and who knows? If there's any way to find out um, about that old, the old material, I'm going to help them do a little bit of digging. And if there's some old stuff sitting around could be fun to listen to on a podcast or what have you um yeah well again thank you guys for listening and uh, speaking of you know places where you can get re-released comedy go to celerysoundrecords.com it is you know my other big passion oh no what just happened why did the sound change sorry it's jason from later uh more later than the thing you just heard which was recorded later than the original interviews long story short um uh, before I ended this episode, I wanted to add a little bit of something, and that's the article I mentioned earlier. Uh, this is going to be as read by friend of the show, Dan Pasternak, and it's a nice tease for next week's episode, another Family Albums episode, so look forward to that. January 29th, 1955. FEC Funnyman by PFC Sheldon Silverstein, Pacific Stars and Stripes staff. Unlike most cartoonists, Corporal Lawrence Dawson always appears to be happy. Working with a clean line style, the easygoing Virginian serves as editor and cartoonist of the 8th Cavalry Regiment Trooper. Before entering the Army in 1953, Larry studied at the Cartoonist and Illustrator School in New York and plans to return there after his discharge. Then I'll go to work, he draws. I hope as a cartoonist, but I will go to work. Well, there we are. Thank you guys for listening, and as always, and for a second time, have a good thing.
Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. You can email us at podcast at comedyonvinyl.com. You can also send snail mail to Stolen Dress Entertainment, P.O. Box 805, Burbank, California, 91503. Subscribe to Comedy on Vinyl on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Comedy on Vinyl, or find everything in one place at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune in to the new Stand Up Records channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years. <laughs>